One. Two. Three. Tom, what are you doing? Obviously, Stuart, I'm counting sperm. Um, uh, (laughs) There's that. There's a disgusting thought. (laughs) Helps me get to sleep, Stuart. I watch them jump over a little fence, you know. Oh, Uh, that's uh, disturbing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, um, I'm I'm being silly. We we couldn't come up with one of our normal plays to to, to start off our um, our show. We thought all the obvious things would just be really disgusting. We've done enough disgusting topics lately. So... This week we're talking. Uh, we are talking about counting sperm, and uh, yes. whether or not the sperm count of the average human male is dropping, which is something people are worrying about. Um, very worrying, like, very, like really very, yeah. like like worrying to a, an extreme panic degree. I would say yes, yes. But um, what we want to know is, firstly, is it, and secondly, should we worry about it, and thirdly, I guess, yes. what if it is happening, is causing it? Um, yes, indeed. So uh, welcome to the study show. Uh, my name's Stuart Richie. I'm a, an unemployed podcaster. Oh, yes. Congratulations on that. Um, Thanks. And, uh, and I'm Tom Chivers, a science writer with the eye. No, yeah, no that's not like... true. That's not true. You're the science. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Jesus God. Christ. I'm Tom Chivers. I'm the science writer with Semaphore. There we go. Um, wow. Yeah, that was a weird, uh, weird moment. Right to, yeah, just morphed into your brain. Anyway, yeah, okay, yeah, Freaky yes. Friday moment there. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, so yeah. Before we start, I just wanted to say we're really grateful to the I think nearly fifty people who have made uh, who have written a review uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're up at four point eight. It's really nice to see. So, mm. uh, if anyone's um, uh, got a moment, please do write a review. Leave us a like. If you haven't subscribed at thestudyshowpod.com, we'd be delighted if you would. Um, and remember, there's a paid tier where you get access to the paid-only episodes as well. So thank you very much uh, to everyone who's done that already. Please uh, uh, consider it if you haven't. So, Tom, sperm. Yes, sperm. So the question we're asking is, you, you may you may have heard, right, that falling sperm count is... Well, the, firstly, the sperm counts are falling. You may even have heard that it is literally going to drive humanity extinct. Um, there are a lot of people making that claim. The one I think that's got the most attention recently is um, Shanna Swan, who yeah. wrote a book called Countdown, which was out, I think, uh, 2021 or thereabouts. Which is, a, I have to say, by the way, an absolutely great title for a book about sperm count declining. Yes, and also about then you know, the about a, a a coming disaster. You know, it's a, tra- right, it's like a ticking time bomb for humanity, yeah, exactly. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant choice of name. Amazing name. Not so sure about the claims of the book. So because the she, quality of the book. Yeah, she's um, uh, is she an epidemiologist? I think she's an epidemiologist. Um, and she says that growing infertility could literally, she says, and these are quotes, could threaten the survival of the human race. It's possible it could lead to the extinction of the human species. Mm. We and other species could end up marching towards the brink of extinction. Um, and she, I mean, amazingly, she says we're an endangered species by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's definition of the term, <laughs> like, you know, because it's you know our, our habitats and our, all this sort of stuff. But like, there are nearly eight billion of us, or possibly more than eight billion, you know, and. and I feel like that's quite a crucial one. It feels like, yeah, it feels like the the panic button has has been sort of, uh, you know, she's slamming down on the panic button. She really here, is. Uh, when, yeah. when uh, well, we'll see. Does the evidence back mm. up? That's the question we're going to ask today. Absolutely. I mean, and she, she refers to stuff like Children of Men and The Handmaid's Tale and all these sci-fi yeah. films where people. I mean, so it's been a yeah, it's it's been a sort of feature in sci-fi for a long time that people are worried about this. I mean, like so many problems i mean ai being the, the one that i think of like the sci-fi books that talk about this you know decades ago hmm. um have you seen children of men i know i know it's a, it's a book but have you seen the the film it's very good i saw like half an hour of it and got bored and stopped watching 
Um, it's very depressing. Yeah, uh, no, I don't very, like very depressing grim. things. I like it's got that great explosions. scene towards the end, which you won't have seen if you've only seen the first half hour, where hmm. it's one single shot and it goes goes through. Uh, well, I, I don't want to spoil it, but it's very good. Okay. I, so the, these concerns that sperm counts have been declining, they they they, they go back quite a long way. There's um. I'm just going to get this out of the way. There was a seminal study um, by Nelson et al. It had to be done. Um, That's true, because I think every single article I've read about this, and even one I've written, Mm. uh, makes that exact same... I'm uh, sure I've used it dozens um, of times. You had to say it. There's a seminal study in 1974. Yes, um, seminal, of course, from a root meaning seed. Anyway. um, (laughs) Thanks uh, much. Yeah, so... uh, so that and that was that was sort of the first time anyone looked at that. The, but then I think the main attention was was brought on it in a later 1992 meta-analysis by Carlson et al. Evidence yeah. for this. That's that's when it really kicks off. I think the 1974 hmm. thing was like a, a single. Was it a study or a review? Um, I thought. I yeah. think it was a single. I think it was a, a study. Um, uh-huh. But uh, whereas, I will, I will. whereas the 1992 one is like meta-analysis, lots of data. This is mm. a big serious problem. Like that's when it all really kicks off. I think. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and what that did, um, it looked at studies between 1990, 1966 and 1991 with um, keywords like sperm count, sperm density, sperm concentration, male fertility, semen analysis, and it found uh, 61 papers looking at 15,000 men. Um, that's but only yeah, it's quite a lot. Only twenty-two of those studies were unselected for fertility, which I, I think means um, you know they haven't had the, the the men involved hadn't had kids. So if you've had obviously you've had kids, it's a good indicator that you're fertile, and also weren't in treatment for infertility problems. Which well, yeah, be- one of the big problems is that if you if you just study like fertility clinics then you're going to get a distorted view of what people's fertility is because people tend to go to fertility clinics because they're having fertility problems. Exactly. Uh, and so if it, 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 like, it would not be the same as if you just took a representative sample of men mm. and tested their fertility. This is exactly one of the big problems which we'll be coming back to a lot, I think, with a yeah. lot of these studies. Anyway, Carlson et al. found a significant decline in mean sperm count from 113 times 10 to the 6 per milliliter in 1940 to 66 times 10 to the 6 per milliliter in 1990, which, I mean, it's a lot of numbers I just read out, but looks like about 40% decline, something like that, a bit more. Um, so, yeah, so that's how they, that, that, that it's literally like the number of sperm per milliliter. Hmm. Yeah, so um, between that, 113 million per milliliter to 66 million per millimeter. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a, a huge uh, decline, right? It does. And a decline in mean seminal volume, as in the actual, the, the, the quantity of goo, um, uh, ejected. <laughs> is that the scientific term? Isn't yeah, it? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, uh, we should from have three... done a content warning at the top of this show. Oh, as well. God, maybe we should. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. Um, from three point four milliliters to two point seven five milliliters, indicating an even more pronounced decrease in total sperm count. Now, mm. this is where I will start flagging concerns. Okay. In mm. in our show notes, we'll put a screen grab of one of the graphs from this thing which shows the yeah the scatter the, the scatter plot of where the um of where these studies lay and they and at all you know there, there are lots more studies in the more uh, in recent years and there are fewer and there are only about four or five in the first you know 20 years between 1930 and 1950 but at the whole time there is 
a big spread. They the the sperm count spread um, uh, detected spread between like fifty five million and one hundred fifty five uh, one hundred fifty million per milliliter yeah. at the beginning, and then a lot of variation, a lot of variation, and and they they, they draw a, a dotted line going down, which I'm sure is the line of best fit. I'm not, you know, I know this. Uh, you know, it's it's easy for us to point it and go, uh huh. That's not the real. That's not. I'm sure. That, I'm sure. I'm sure that statistically, they ha, they do think they found a decline. Yeah, yeah I think. I think that makes yeah. sense uh, from looking at the graph, which again you can look at in the mm. show notes. Uh, it looks like that would be the line of best fit. But the question is whether that the, the, the data is, is are, are not only quite variable but also quite sparse. Like there's not, as you say, there's not many studies pre 1970, basically. Yeah. Uh, and so, how reliable is the estimate? pre-1970 and then by the time you get into from 1970 to 1990 which is when they stopped collecting the data it's less clear that there's a decline uh, in just those ones I'm, I'm currently like putting my hand over the the graph and trying to estimate what yeah, it would be for the post by 1970 and it, yeah. it just you know the fact that there's such wide variation and every year you know that your your numbers in in the sort of between t- uh, studies carried out between 1940 and 1950 there is one that seems to have 150 million per milliliter another one that has maybe 55 million and there's so there's obviously whether it's the test isn't very reliable or whether there's a huge var- variability between populations or something it just means we're going to be you're already battling in a, you're already doing doing work in a very noisy environment and they yeah. also um they don't give us p-value for sperm count decline that i could find but they do say on that on the seminal volume they had a p-value of 0.027 for stats fans that means it's well for or for non-stat fans i suppose i'd say that just means it's very close <laughs> to not being statistically significant at all which yeah it's kind of on the borderline isn't it yeah, yeah it just means it doesn't mean it's not a real thing it just means you sort of you if you see a lot of things like that just be a little bit wary of it um yeah. and of the, course the question, all, like sorry the question i would have is like what were the and we'll we'll, well i guess you know we this will is come part back of this, this question yeah. of uh fertility and select selected for fertility and so on the question i would have is like what were the criteria like did they were there any studies that they dropped out that should have been in there or vice versa yeah. or you know so so uh, and and the thing is given that the p-value is so borderline it wouldn't take much for a couple of other studies to be in there to change the whole to change yeah. the whole thing and mean that it wasn't statistically significant and then we wouldn't be worried about it. No, exactly. Um, and it turned out that that meta-analysis got loads of criticism at the time. Like loads of people were 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 strongly criticizing mainly the the, the fact that the way that they measured sperm count back in the 1950s, say, you know, 1930s, 40s, 50s was very different from the way that they measure it now. And we'll, we'll come back to the details of that. But there's another, you know, there's sort of a, not just a, a difference in the amount of data, but there's a difference in the, the actual, you know, measurements that they made back then yeah, as well. Huge. Well, a lot of that's part of the problem is that there's not been a great deal of stability in how these things are measured over time. And, you yeah. know, also more generally, that was back in 1992 to when meta-analyses just weren't very good there have been improvements in the techniques since then but anyway yeah. um that but there more, has been a more recent meta-analysis more recent meta-analysis 2002 but the, the, the yes. two, levine et al or levine et al which i think of as shanna swans uh but she's just one of the authors and it's uh, under so levine. she's the author of countdown yeah. yes exactly in 2017 and she uh that was apparently conducted and results reported in accordance with moose which do you, uh, do, you, do you want to guess? I've, I've 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 cleverly in the notes blanked out. Do you, do you want to guess what the um, uh, what moose stands for? Ridiculous acronym uh, fan that you are. Meta analysis of something sperm. Uh, I don't know. 
let's have no, a look. I, it'll be something like that. Meta-analysis in observational studies in epidemiology. Where they get their second O from, huh? I don't know. Uh, so it's, oh. uh, towards the end of, I suppose, observational. Or observation. oh, so it's not specifically about sperm, it's just... No, 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 it's just that, about... Sorry, about, it's just like a rubric for doing meta-analysis. I thought I thought, thought, thought that and saw you'd like it. You'd like I do, it. I love an acronym, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was also looking at studies which were, um, like Carlson and Tal, looking at unselected, i.e. young men unlikely to be aware of their fertility, such as young men screened for military service or college students, and also fertile right. men, hereafter fertile age of men who are known to have conceived a pregnancy, such as fathers or right. partners. So, so, so it's really important. It's not just selecting from, from fertility clinics where you're going to get this biased view. Um, and actually also... Another thing that they did that was better than the previous meta-analysis is that they they just they just cut out all the old studies that we we can't really rely on. Yeah, and go they, back to nineteen seventy, really. Yeah. They only looked from nineteen seventy onwards. Yeah, yeah, nineteen seventy-three. Um, the findings were um, in in contradiction of the Nelson et al. one. They didn't find any change in sperm volume, but they did find that sperm concentration and therefore total sperm count both declined by about zero point seven five percent a year. Um, right. overall, so if you, uh, if you look at the the sperm count graph, it's like just over 90 in 1973 when they first the first data uh and there's a lot of studies in this mm. you can see from the graph that there's an awful lot of studies uh it goes down to like just under 70 yeah uh 68 by, like that, 66 by yeah by um by 2011 yeah so that's the that there's certainly you know there's certainly a decline in that data set whether that represents reality yeah. is the the big question well, and again, I'll we'll put into the show notes a screen grab of the um, yes. of the graphs, and because you, you can, it's just really interesting to see the huge variability. Like lots of studies that find over 150 yeah. million, 150 million uh, sperm per milliliter. Quite a few that fall, find under thirty. Now, there's a five fold increase, uh, and that's yeah. and, and that's throughout the time period. So, yes, the the studies get on average lower numbers later on but it's just scattered all over the place um yeah. it's also worth noting that the the drop uh, they found was twice as rapid among unselected i.e the not uh, men i.e the ones who haven't had children and could pre-select to be fertile so uh, among the yeah which i suppose is what you'd expect you know because the, the men who are pre-select to be fertile are pre-select to be fertile but anyway um right. Right, and that that caused that caused a huge controversy. The mm. that 2017 one. I mean, obviously, it was the basis of the Shanna Swan countdown book, mm. but it also uh, you can see lots of responses in the the literature, and there were news articles about it, and it caused a massive it caused a massive thing. Um, people responding to it, like people saying really silly things in response to it. I found a sort of scientific response to it where uh, one of the one of the points they made was, well. Even though it's dropping, the current average, so like in 2011, you know, or the you know the more modern average, is still considered normal under the medical guidelines. So, like mm. medical guidelines will have like a range for what would be a healthy sperm count. Yeah, and apparently, you know, just under 70, which is what it was in the meta analysis, is still within that range. But that, I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if you said. <laughs> Oh, the sea levels have been rising dramatically, uh, but they're still it's still fine because New York is not underwater right now. It's like, well, mm. yeah, but if you've got really strong evidence that it's rising dramatically, then just wait, and it will it will be underwater eventually. Like, yeah, but, and also, unless also, you've got right, reason to think it's going to level off, stop. which I don't think they provide any evidence for. Yeah. But also, like the average, who cares about to some extent? Who cares about the average, right? If the, if the average is dropping, it means that more and more people presumably are dropping below the not. You know, it's yes. the the average of what three and a half billion men. Yep. 
being still in the, the normal range doesn't there's like a range yeah, yeah exactly yeah. but the men, men yeah there's a range across all men and if the average is lower then there's going to be more mm. men who have a medically low sperm count than yeah. there were before so there are going to be more men struggling and that's a that's an issue Bad. yeah exactly that, that, that's that's a terrible argument um uh yeah but but i mean it has also caused i don't know we'll we'll see about whether the argument it's it's caused all sorts of um terrible arguments on both sides i remember in shanna swan's uh book she she she's very very scaremongery i think uh, mm. she says you know the the, uh, the average woman now age 20 is less fertile than her grandmother was at 35 and you think oh that sounds really bad that sounds really terrible but then you realize that what the word for to the total fertility rate that's true but what total fertility rate means is literally the number of children on that a woman has on average it just means that mm. the average woman yeah. has on average fewer children per year nowadays age 20 than they did it than they did at 35 right. in and that could be for non-biological and that could be Cultural, for social reasons yeah, but which, which most Cultural of the time we, we we a lot of the time we're saying are good things like you know you they correlate yeah. with women uh, women's education correlates with yeah. um yeah very birth yeah. rates and we we tend to think that's a good thing and that, and that isn't that the women are getting less fer- less fecund if you like they're becoming yes. they're, they're just choosing to have fewer children and that is i think it's really useful to distinguish between fertility which is like the number of kids you have hmm. and fecundity which is the actual biological thing and and already in this podcast we've used fertility to kind of imply yeah. a biological thing because well, it kind of does, like it, it's it, they're interchangeable terms yeah. kind of but it's i think if you're being really strict yeah yeah well yeah. But this is my problem it's a scientific the the scientific term fertility does not mean what the common english term fertility means we when yes. we say she's very fertile we don't mean she has had six children we mean yes. that she is capable of having children you know but we think of a, we think of like a farming metaphor do we like the field is very fertile yeah, it's got it grows exactly. lots of stuff in it like, it's another another instance, actually, yeah another instance of a scientist taking a perfectly normal english word and making it mean something subtly but importantly yeah, different yeah. and thus screwing causing everybody. confusion yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. um and fertility rates have been dropping and are continuing to drop in basically yeah. across the entire world um and so the question is, how much of that is due to a drop in fecundity, like a biological ability to have mm. children on the part of women or men? And how much of that is due to uh, cultural, you know, social, cultural stuff, yeah. education improving? How, exactly. All sorts mm. of all sorts of reasons, good and bad, that could contribute to that. So, so and, and obviously the, the, the argument made by Shanna Swan and so on, and, and on the basis of this meta-analysis, is it's a huge part of it is due to mm. fecundity. Yeah, um, and, and and you know, just to you know, you said there were bad arguments on both sides. Here's another bad argument from the other side: mm. is that people have sort of there's a po- like politics has got into this now, and and um, uh, comment, there's some like commentators who were like stu- these studies that show that there's a lower sperm count might be co-opted by men's rights and alt-right activists. Oh no! And uh, the science could become racialized, implying imperiled white male fertility. Like, so, come like, on. either like, it's true it's, or it's not. You know, like that's the, that's the thing. Like, you got to decouple, as we talked yeah. about a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, it's extremely annoying. Um, that is that, that is just sorry, just to explain to de- decouple the actual whether it's happening, the truth of whether it's happening from the political implications of what that means. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That study, that 2017 study, was mainly in Western men. There was a follow up this year, I think. Um, so, so the Western thing, like there is actually a, like a slight grain of truth in the whole like imperiled Western male fertility thing. Like it is, it is mainly focused on on developing. Mm. Sorry, of of developed countries, and thus tend tends to be on Western 
uh, males. So yeah. yeah, we do need more uh, evidence on the rest of the world, and luckily there has been more evidence, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, you know, it's in- inevitable because most uh, like reproductive health centers are in big, rich countries. Yeah. You know, so it's just it's just how how it works out, right? But anyway, so there was a follow up in 2023 looking at the developing world, and it found a pretty comparable drop from 8.35 million sperm per milliliter in 1973 to 57.1 by 2018, 41.5% decline. Same sort of thing, again, steeper in unselected as opposed to fertile men. Um, I, mm. I don't have the, one of those scatter plots to say, oh God, but it looks really variable, but the confidence interval is really wide on the slope. It will so, be, yeah, yeah, it has to be, yeah. So, yeah. so it makes me makes me really nervous now maybe i'm doing about this the wrong way but the i i I suppose what what we should talk about what i'm going to talk about now is what the hypothesis is that's causing this because yeah you know well i mean the shanna swan thing like went immediately from those findings to her explanation yes exactly um uh, to the chemicals in our precious bodily fluids um Mm. uh so her theory, and it's not to be clear, it is not just her theory, um, is that it's endocrine disrupting chemicals, which are um, found it's a, a, a class of chemicals found in all sorts of things: um, pesticides, various cosme- um, cosmetics and plastics, nonstick pans, Tupperware, etc. Yeah. Um, so she's and, like, "Don't cook your food in Tupperware. Don't, uh, don't yeah, store your non-stick. food in, yeah. you know, in plastic plastic yes, exactly. boxes and stuff." Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and she she thinks that they're not just the cause of our declining sperm counts but they're decli- they um she thinks they're like really the under a, a catastrophe underpinning loads and loads of environmental disasters you know she in my to quote my own review of her book from 2021 she thinks they're to blame for declining bird and fish populations abnormal development in alligators and sea snails reproductive failure in dolphins and gray seals the apparent worldwide decline in insect populations and the the growth in intersex conditions and perhaps the rise of gender dysphoria and even changes in gender identity um, oh, Yes, exactly. Uh, do you remember Alex it, it, Jones talking about um... <laughs> the chemicals in the water turn the freaking frogs gay? Yes, yeah. <laughs> very good. Yeah. yeah, except like you know, for for real, apparently. Actually, she's claiming that it, it, it is turning yeah. the freaking frogs gay, yeah. which is presumably where Alex Jones got that from, right? You know, endocrine disrupting chemicals in the water it was a, is a real concern that goes that predates Shanna Swan's book. You know, you do often find that his stuff has like a kernel of truth, and then he massively turns it into mm. you know a huge conspiracy theory. Uh, uh, madness explanation. Yeah. yeah. Um, this has been in the news lately. There was a meta analysis out in November about um, whether or not uh, pesticides, pesticide use correlated with reduced sperm count, it was covered in CNN, among other places. Mm. Um, now, a friend of the pod, although he doesn't know it, um, Gideon Meyerowitz Katz. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, he. We just we. I feel like we we keep cribbing off him because he's so good. Um, but uh, reliably good uh, yeah. analysis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's an epidemiologist, and he 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 looked at this and he said like basically the meta analysis itself is good. It's a you know they've performed it well, but the research it's analysing is pretty rubbish. He said there's um twenty one studies, but only 15, 15 of them only looked at farm workers. Um, which if you're you know, like some guy working on a, at a desk at Accenture or something like that. Like mm-hmm. the, the how much the the exposure of farm workers to pesticides is, is relevant to you is an open question. Let's say, um, <laughs> yes. And loads of them were on people who were attending infertility clinics, and so were pre- pre-selected for fertility problems anyway. 
all mo- the median sample size was 86 most of them didn't control for like obvious confounders like income or bmi they're all cross-section they're, they're all they bmi body mass index um and they're all just looking at one snapshot they're all cross cross-sectional so they didn't like track populations over time um and yeah so you just can't draw the sort of conclusions that the the headlines did every time i've looked at any of these uh studies that claim you know chemicals are interfering with male or female fertility or having some other terrible effect whether it's the endocrine disruptors or whether it's uh these um forever chemicals that people talk about mm. um i've always found it to be very weak very weak small studies so it's very similar to what yeah i mean it's, you know, classic. Uh, I mean, it's hard it's hard research to do right it's hard research to do but that doesn't mean that you get to say that the findings you've got are stronger than they are that's, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, Meyerowitz cats end up saying that basically you can't draw causal conclusions from this. The studies show, although the meta analysis shows that pesticides might be associated with lower sperm counts, which is decidedly less certain than the headline suggests. That's me quoting him, or actually garbling it a bit. But so, you know, <laughs> it might be true that people who are poorer might be more likely to have health issues that lead to infertility and also have to do manual work that exposes them to pesticide chemicals so right so there's a big confounder there yeah Yeah. exactly and even that is hard to say because when he says when the authors do did various sensitivity analyses so like looked at studies which only did really robust um comparisons of exposure to uh, sperm count and stuff like that you know just to check that the the data the, the headline result stands up when you look at it in different ways they found it basically didn't stand up um and oh. the correlation disappeared <laughs> so like, you oh. know it, it's it's weak it's weak stuff it's yeah. not um the sort of evidence base that you would want to base like, any base major policy on yeah, or change exactly. the way you live your life in any way yeah yeah but so i mean like but so the idea that it's definitely i think there's it's sort of filtered into the public consciousness that there's definitely a big decline and it's definitely caused by pesticides or endocrine disrupting chemicals well, I, I already yeah. see like um plastic stuff you buy whatever yeah, it is if it's, free. You know, yeah. yeah for your for your baby or or just uh, you know in general yeah mm. bpa free phthalate free all this sort of stuff yeah, yeah. um uh, so it seems that people are already like out of, out of an abundance of caution cutting these things out of the manufacturing of plastics yeah. and stuff anyway no, just and it's not so it's it's not that they it's not that these chemicals are in the plastic, right? It's like that they're in something that makes the plastic have a different... Yeah, they're, they're, they're sort of part of the, the recipe of it. Uh-huh, right, or plasticizer. Right, yeah. There's some name like a plasticizer. Right, so you can, yeah. make, you can still make plastic things without these, uh, and mm. that's what people clearly are doing. Yeah. But anyway, so the, the cause of the... But it might be a bit... Sorry to interrupt, Tom. No, it might no, be a please. bit like when um, in the... When was this? The nineties, the two thousands. Um, they took mercury out of vaccines, hmm. even though there was no evidence that mercury was causing any problems to children. There was a belief among the kind of anti-vax uh, community, and it was spreading that the mercury in vaccines was potentially dangerous because, of course, mercury is a it's a bad poisonous chemical and so on. And so they took it out. The um, lots of vaccine manufacturers took. Um, Tamirasal, which is like a mercury-based um, preservative, uh, out of vaccines, and that's this weird thing because it kind of undermines people's uh, trust. Mm. In, in, so there must in, be something in it. You've taken it out. There must you, be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, maybe these yeah. anti-vaxxers are actually uh, onto, onto something. something yeah. And maybe when they move on to the next inevitable reason that they find vaccines bad, um, uh, we'll we'll believe them. Tom, do you like? Uh, cocktails. I, I do actually. I love an old fashioned. Uh, imagine you do too. 
no, I'm not interested in in that. Sort of, I, I've never been able to get over the uh, horrible, bitter chemical taste of alcohol, and so I, I'm. Oh I'm yes, because you're not cool a, like me. Yes, not much of a drinker. Yeah. Uh, having despite having tried uh, very very hard over the years. Uh, we're not about to advertise a cocktail uh, company, as you may um, have assumed. No. We, yeah, we're in fact going to advertise uh, our sponsors, Works in Progress magazine. Uh, that's at worksinprogress.co. And they have got a great article in the most recent uh, issue about the the cocktail renaissance. Yes, uh, the growth of cocktails. Co- yes, yeah, yeah, cocktails are, are, are better now than they have ever been. Mm. Um, they've, uh, they've, they've hark, but they're talking, you know, the sort of 70s heyday of sort of throwing stuff together pretty much at random has been replaced by this sort of incredibly um precise sort of scientifically informed uh, yeah, recipe yeah, yeah recipes with the you know the, the the almost like a chemical um chemical formula for making these things uh, I, I don't know um, as someone who does like the odd cocktail and who unlike Stuart is not <laughs> lame because obviously drinking is cool, like smoking. Well, you can have a mocktail, can't you? That's you can. the thing which is lame. now available that wasn't around. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. But it's something that wasn't around uh, a while ago, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a few decades ago. You, the, now when you go to a cocktail bar, you can always get, I guess if you're a driver or whatever, um, yeah. you might want to have a mocktail instead. Although they are always a bit expensive for what they for what they are. Yeah, but, but anyway, um, I think they, 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 they make the case, um, I should say, who, who wrote it. The, um, yeah, Peter Suderman, uh, who wrote this article in, in Works and Progress magazine, yeah. um, writes about that it's another you know um works in progress is is all about science and technology and all these really kind of obvious ways that the world has improved Hmm. but there are lots of like less obvious ways that are still really good that the world has improved as well and and here is uh you know a nice detailed well this one it's one of those ways yeah the thing is this sort of links to all of that as well because it's also about how you know how the scientific revolution has changed this but also about how trade is you know lots of the ingredients we take for granted in in cocktails nowadays were just largely unavailable like creme de vila economic reasons too exactly creme de vila was basically impossible to obtain in the u.s until uh the 2000s but um is now just bog standard in um uh, yeah. cocktails like the blue moon um anyway so yeah, we are you, so the I, world is getting better in that way and yeah. uh it, it, it's really nice to have it uh, sort of laid out and it means uh, i can enjoy yeah. a really nice negroni and stewart can sit at home drinking his uh coke zero and that's fine <laughs> coke yeah. zero another uh, uh progress sign um, of progress example of progress uh, progress over diet coke uh, yeah. the, the sweetener in, in coke zero is an example of scientific progress that it's much better than the one in in, in diet coke and it oh. tastes much more like a real a real coke and, and, and not the horrible weird diluted Greasy, taste of diet yeah, coke yeah. Yeah. anyway well, yeah. i'm very happy for you Stuart. anyway so we, we are we are very grateful to works in progress uh, for sponsoring the studies show that's works in progress.co and uh, now back to the show So whether or not this the, the endocrine di- uh, disruptors are causing the decline, yeah. Yeah. what we're maybe more interested in knowing is is the decline itself real? And I have to like even that seems to be pretty controversial. I think yes. Um, yeah. So there well, we've was a- already given a few reasons as to why yeah. the, the you know these meta analyses might be. Not the most reliable. Yes, exactly. So there was a review article called Spatiotemporal Trends in Human Semen Quality, uh, 2022. Um, I, like a, I like a paper that really dis- where the title really describes what's in it. Yeah, exactly. Straight to the point. Yeah, um, does exactly what it says on tin. Um, and it notes one, well, it, it makes, a, basically it's a list of the problems with the evidence in this area. I mean, one thing is that um, sperm counts vary 
for all sorts of reasons by they by look mm. they vary an incredible amount by location which is interesting to me um they they looked at one study which just looked at men in four different cities so copenhagen paris edinburgh and um turku in finland and it found that um Finnish men had the highest sperm counts and the Edinburgh men had the highest proportion of motile spermatozoa. So well done you, Stuart. Very um, glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're number one. That's, that's where I'm or from. you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but also, I mean, amazingly, it also varies. Um, uh, well, the, the other studies found that you know, women, uh, the men in Columbia, South Carolina had lower sperm concentrations than men in New York and LA. There's wide variation within Latin America, within Japan. Um, which makes means you have to be very careful when you're looking at any studies done look at averages taken from a wide selection of areas which you know multi-center studies because then well there's an obvious confounder that if like back in the day doing sperm counts was a really expensive and difficult thing to do and so if it was only done maybe in a few rich places where people are on average healthier and therefore on average have more sperm and now it's cheaper and easier and can be done everywhere including poorer places where people are less healthy and on average have less sperm then you'd see a decline in yeah yeah yeah. it's 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 one of it's one of these like tricky sort of effects that you you, you, know, you wouldn't sort of think of necessarily yeah, yeah yeah after the fact you're like oh actually yeah. there is a kind of weird mechanism where uh that people talk about it's a stupid term in science people talk about the data generating mechanism like where did this data come from and mm. the data generating mechanism in this case could be some sort of a uh you know it could be me- it could be um decline generated sperm, by yeah. a real decline in sperm but it could also be mm generated by this weird process of sort of selection effects and biases in the studies yeah. that change over time and there are plenty more of them uh, the one one thing that i learned from this review which i had but slightly surprises me a standard the, uh, the the average man if we take a standardized average man 30 years old and who hasn't who's been abstinent i.e not um ejaculated for four days they've got uh 70 percent cf the um yeah, no, not November. Uh, no, not episode. November episode <laughs> yes, that we did yeah, a few yeah. weeks ago. They, they must their their sperm count must be through the roof. Um, yeah, so the seventy uh, percent their their sperm count in summer is seventy percent that that it is in winter. So, so there's a, there's a variation throughout the course of the year. For some reason, we're sp- we're extra spermy in the winter. So so but but that could be the, like if you happen to do studies at a different time of year, yeah. you could get weird uh, um, differences that. If, unless you controlled for time of year mm. in your overall analysis, which maybe they do in some of the meta analyses, I'm not sure. No, not um, well. That, that's the sort of thing that gets gets the criticism is that that's the sort of thing it doesn't in a lot of studies doesn't get controlled for. Yes, probably does. It's not that it, it's not that they, they they you know had the option to control for it but couldn't. It's probably that it wasn't even recorded in a lot mm. of the original studies. Like you don't tend to write down this was done in March, you know, in yeah. your in your study. Uh, you should in this case. But, but often um, they don't. You often don't. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's so so that's a problem. Those are problems with you know if you do these big multi-center studies, if you if they're not if you're not careful if you're not if you're doing multi-center studies that aren't sort of carefully like and we will make sure we use the same centers several times over years, you know. Uh, so there's another way that people do is to do um, single center retrospective studies, uh, which is taking. So you look at somewhere that has been collecting sperm data for a long time, like a hospital or a sperm clinic, and see what their recorded sperm quality has been. And that avoids this problem of right. geographic variation and possible confounders. But there are other confounders there as well. For example, sperm count is affected by age. And as countries age, the average sperm count... Aging populations, yeah. Yeah. So you end up with difficulty in... Um, and, you know, are, are you comparing like with like? If you If you, like measured the sperm count of a bunch of 20 year olds in 1980 and a bunch of 60 year olds in 2020 um and they might all be the same people and they might find that their sperm count was 
way lower, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But that wouldn't mean that the average sperm count, or you know, that there's something inherent about that something biological is going on. It's just that there aren't that many young people around. Um, yeah. you've got, so you've got this big mixture of like one. Uh, and I hesitate to use this term, Tom, but one-shot studies <laughs> where you're just getting a mm. you're just getting a, a a measure of the sort of semen parameters once, and then just you just then put that into the whole mix, and it, it compares to the semen parameters in other studies. Um, ones where you're looking across different different places, like multi-center studies. Mm. Ones where you're looking in the same place over over time and they're all thrown into the and they all have different biases and they all have different potential problems and they're all just thrown into the meta-analysis um so it just gets noisier and noisier yeah and there's a very big obvious problem if you're looking at for example if you're looking at a hospital or a sperm clinic over the last 40 or 50 years which is the one thing that's changed certainly in the last 20 or there you know, over that period really and has has sort of progressively changed is the growth of IVF and other reproductive mm. therapies which yeah. just makes it much more likely or, or may well have made it much more likely that you'll see infertile men coming to give samples for various reasons you know to there's a point in them going yeah. to the hospitals now which there, yeah. there wasn't before but um, even the thing is even in a even in a study where you're you know it, it, you're not recruiting from a a, a hospital uh and you're just doing it in like a university lab or something like that there's still going to be selection biases as to who takes part like the standard sort of selection bias as to who comes to the, these kind of studies mm. um there might be people who have you know ha- had maybe had doubts or whatever or thought about you know been, been struggling to conceive or there's all sorts of all these biases it's very very rare in fact i don't think i mean has there ever been a f- a fully representative sample in any of these. I mean, maybe some of the military studies, if everyone does military service. But yeah, but even but even then, not yeah. I suppose in countries that have a compulsory military service, but even though uh-huh, it's not going to yeah. be completely. But yeah, that that'll get closer to it, won't it? That would be the best kind of study, I guess. I wonder yeah. if anyone's isolated just those well, studies. But then there's more, there's only probably a, a handful of them. Well, we'll come back to the so this um the, the this this review we're talking about, which was um the spatiotemporal trends in um human semen quality. The review, which is uh, Orga et al., that mm. does talk about the the various the, the sort of quality of the various studies. We'll come back to that in a moment. But just on the sort of more general difficulties, there's another review article by Fish uh, F I S C H, um, 2008, and it's declining worldwide sperm counts disproving a myth, and it is it does not bugger about it's very much this is all nonsense and we should so but it but the point it but raises this, this is this is bef- well before the meta- 2017 meta- yeah, that's true, yeah, that's true. so that's maybe true. this person would have changed changed his or her mind then. if uh yeah but, he, but the, the point the point he makes yeah i assume it's a he um that's uh, uh uh, Sorry, what did you say? Did you say Harry the first Fish. name? Right? Harry okay. Fish. Yeah, fair um, enough. Yeah, I think we can be reasonably confident. Um, yeah. But he, he points out that uh, obtaining human semen for scientifically scientific analysis is logistically difficult. Um, if collection of semen samples were as straightforward as obtaining blood samples, the nature of semen quality changes over time, if any, would have been determined decisively decades ago. Right, um, right. Because- and that's because you've you got to bring people in and they have got to... Uh, masturbate, Tom. They've got to, to yes. Let's not beat around the bush, yeah. so to speak. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, there, there are very, you know, and this is what you were talking a bit about before, is that there are, it's actually, there, it's it's not a straightforward thing. Like, there, there, the WHO guidelines on how to um, 
produce uh good semen samples or to, <laughs> <laughs> not for not I yet could, um, i could tell you that right now i don't need any guidelines so. okay they um anyway there 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 are guidelines to how you you uh when a man loves himself very much <laughs> what's that woody what's that woody allen line is don't knock masturbation it's sex with someone you love yes um, yes, yeah, yeah. um uh, but yeah, there. So there. But like, for example, you're supposed to dilute the sample to stop the sperm swimming away. A few, a few of eight percent of clinical laboratories actually um, do that, according to uh, according to. Yeah. Um, I think that was according to Fish. Uh, Just to draw an analogy to our previous episode, hmm. we talked about different ways of, like, um, analyzing the microbiome samples. Hmm. So whether it's you know someone's feces or their semen. There clearly are like lab techniques that that differ, and that some might be better than others. And when you try to compare lots of different studies that use lots of different techniques, it's another source of noise and another source of yeah. additional uncertainty in your analysis. Yeah, um, they the also the criteria for um, what counts as healthy sperm morphology has become more strict. So the number of healthy sperm mm. counts would would have changed if even you know would have declined if you just applied the the, the existing rules of the, of the time rather than keeping them consistent. Um, yeah. And as we've sort of hinted at, there's a lot of test retests variability. There was um, uh, it's a, a conversation, a debate article in uh, called "Are Worldwide Sperm Counts Declining in the in Fertility and Sterility Journal uh, from 20." Oh god, I have to check this now. Um, Twenty twenty one. See, I loved this. I thought this was great. I wish there was more of this, mm. uh, where scientists who are on both sides of an issue uh, don't publish in like separate journals, and you have to try and track them down and all that. Where they and it's not just like a commentary on one particular article, but it's an a actual debate, debate where yeah. scientists the sort of thing that you 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 see not non scientists doing, like you see sometimes debates between people on like political issues and stuff. Mm. But you, you very rarely see it on scientific issues. Where like point counterpoint in the onion. Ah, they just yeah. make the best case, and then the other people come in and make a, make another case for it. I, I don't. I don't think these are necessarily like the absolute strongest, best uh, uh, arguments in this in this uh, this particular debate. But I, when I read it, I just it made me think. God, I, I wish there were more of these. Like just straight up debates between scientists, yeah, uh, it's really published good. in journals. It's really good, but the what, what some people a point that the con side, the at the no actually sperm count is not, or we can't be sure that it's declining. They make point they make is that the results if you if you take the same sample and get two different laboratories to test it, the uh, the the results from different laboratories on the same specimen varied by as much as two orders of magnitude, so not yeah. twofold. So two orders. So like the difference between one million but you know so what uh, one million two zeros on the end basically so one yeah. could have one could find that it's got five million sperm per milliliter and one could find it has a hundred million you know um so that's it's just it just leads to not very reliable findings i think it's fair to say yeah, yeah um, totally which may go some way to explain why when auger et al looked at 68 different studies they found 57% of them reported a decrease in sperm production over time, but 29% found no change and 12% found an increase, which, you know, yeah. uh, it's hard to I square. Mean, yeah. yeah, you might expect there to be lots of variation because you know, some countries might be doing differently than others and the studies have been in different countries and so on. But but yeah, it does suggest that... It, and, you know, this is why, this is why the, this is the point of meta-analysis, isn't it? That mm. you, uh, 
that you you try and look across the noisy literature and find something but but sometimes the literature is is very noisy and there's an awful lot of you know heterogeneity between the studies they're done in different ways they're measured in different ways they're done in different countries the people are different ages the people have different jobs the availability of internet pornography is different in different countries like all sorts of different yeah. things that might affect the findings and it all adds up to it, it being much more difficult to find a signal in the noise yeah yeah exactly and 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 any signal that you do find should be a little be, more wary of yeah. might be wrong exactly yeah, yeah. and um, they said like if so there's that was 68 studies they found and they said if you take um said if you look at only the the highest quality retrospective studies so the ones that use like a standardized controlled assessment rather than you know like the, the changing changing as the who guidelines changed and it looked mm-hmm. at the same mm-hmm. same homogenous group of men rather than different uh, groups over in different areas and you know age, age changing and all that sort of stuff over a long period with a large sample size controlling for appropriate confounders the number of studies dropped from 68 to six um five of them reported decline uh but Olga et al said like this is you know even then you know decline in sperm production it makes it a credible conclusion, but you can't possibly um, uh, yeah. generalize from these center-specific findings to a worldwide trend or even a trend across the Western world. Mm. Um, and the, they they also so there have been prospective studies, which is what really what you want, um, which is sort of starting at the beginning and follow it following a group rather than looking back at you know the the findings from a la- a, a, a sperm lab a fertility lab or a hospital over time which is confounded for all the reasons we discussed earlier prospective studies take a group of men and follow them over time so you uh, and hopefully you do it in a standardized way so it avoids a lot of this problem of the cha- the groups changing hopefully avoids a lot of the confounders mm-hmm. there were only five uh four of them were in young military men which is that really representative of the pub- public at large i don't yeah, know everyone yeah yeah exactly but anyway of the of those four two found no change at all one found a decrease and one found an increase um and the other one was from men in couples seeking fertility treatment so i'm not sure whether it's something you want to pay attention to anyway yeah um I, I, one thing i would say is i'm a bit wary of, of saying like it's a bit like the vote counting thing which the vote sure we've talked about thing, before yeah. where you you shouldn't just say this study and this is what this this is what this auger it all does uh, you know you shouldn't just say this the, there are more studies that find an increase than a decrease and thus you know I agree with that. They don't say that, but you know, they say there's X number of studies that find this result, X number of studies that find this result, and you sort of imply that we should draw a conclusion from that. But you can't really, you need to look at the quality of each individual study, and this is what meta-analysis is all about. This is an an issue which we will no doubt return to when we do our eventual episode on uh, social media and mental health stuff, because it's a very common argument in that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a lot of that in the news at the moment. So we should definitely should do that soon. Um, But uh, I completely agree with you. It is not it is not a democracy. But on the other hand, I mean, this study does this this review article does very much look at the quality of each one. And that's why it's saying, you know, these are the only yeah, yeah, these these four are the uh, or these six of the retrospectives and these four or five of the of the prospective studies are the only quality ones. And Mm-hmm. they you know they say like you, you this is why these with these study findings suddenly when you look at the quality ones it becomes less sure you know yeah. um uh so 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 Olga et al say the few carefully designed and challenging cross-sectional studies that have been performed investigating possible possible temporal trends in semen quality of young military conscripts in specific locations so far indicate no or very limited temporal trends or a downward trend for sperm production alone and only for short periods of time so basically there's just not 
not from that much evidence of a real decline in sperm counts. And I, I you know who who knows if that's true, but uh, certainly that's the the sort of complexity and uncertainty of these results is not the impression you get from headlines. I don't think. No, or mm. or the the Shanna Swan book. No, 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 no. The, the precious bodily fluids book. Yeah, um, yeah. I I know it's sort of a very pious thing to always say a call for more studies, but that's what everyone does, you know. Um, and yep. Orga says we need uh, repeated, prospective, multi-center studies looking at a large representative sample of the population. There haven't been any. So they just aren't. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, yeah. The, the the sort of perfect study is 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 still yet to be yet to be done, and maybe it will never be done because it's really mm. difficult to yeah. to, to do it. But it seems yeah. the thing is, it seems like a really important question, and I think there's enough like hints. This is what I said in my article that I wrote last year or earlier this year on 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 this topic. Is that there's enough hints that we need to do a proper study on this, mm. and it would seem to be quite important for the you know the future of humanity and stuff. But um, uh, and it's it's another case where scientists have sort of failed, really. You know, like like you, you've had decades and decades and decades of research mm. on this, and we still don't know the answer. And there's so many cases like that, and it shouldn't be the case that we have decades and decades of research on any question, and we're still completely baffled by it of a question that's you know we're not talking about working out the answer to fundamental physics here, or, or you, you know. Um, uh, uh, you know, no, it's you know, counting sperm. Out. You're literally yeah, counting yeah, exactly. sperm. Yeah, exactly. We're not trying to work out the nature of reality. It's that there's a there's a physical property that we measure. We want to know whether it's going up or down. You know, mm. it can't be that difficult. Yeah, um, I mean, it, uh, it is yet, for the reasons we discussed. Quite yeah, surprisingly yeah, but it can't be. But, yeah. It's not. It's not quantum gravity, is it? Hmm. No, no, no. Exactly. You feel like there be. You know, maybe it would take you ten years and or twenty years, and but right, like, someone like it. dedicating their career, someone who really cares about solid inferences and who has resources and wants to do this and you know you'd think that there would be someone would want to fund that and i i i'm I'm just a bit baffled as to why we have like this whole like morass of rubbish research and we're trying to like discern patterns in the tea leaves of that Mm. when 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 what we really want is is high quality research and this happens in lots of fields like look at neuroscience for for decades we had because it was so expensive to do neuroscientific research we had studies with like 12 people in them and uh generally like really low quality crappy bits of research um and only now are we getting like high quality thousands and thousands of people all with brain images um you know i'm talking about neuroimaging brain research in humans yeah um only now are we getting that so maybe maybe that's a sort of um a positive story that it is possible that a field can go from a collection of crappy low quality studies from which we can't really draw any inferences to high quality really good you know solid inferential studies um uh, yeah. it can it can happen it can happen and i feel like maybe this is optimistic of me but i feel like the the story in science over the last 10 15 years has been one of people realizing that statistics are powerful but sensitive tools and realizing that you can't you can't just like you can't let yeah. any old idiot go blundering around with them yeah. because it, you know <laughs> yes. um so maybe there is a bit more sort of actually this this stuff you know there it can go wrong in lots of ways and so we need to be a bit more careful about it and so that maybe that will happen in this field as well um but yeah i mean at, at the moment they're just there's lots and lots of research and it's all like got 
it's law, it's got poor methodology it's got um lack of standardization it's you know it's loads of possible confounders and it's just it, it's really really do need some better studies that is i think that that seems to be the case yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'd also say it's, it is depressing that, uh, as with all these issues, like political stuff comes in, sort of sort of conspiracy theory stuff starts to come in about, you know, on one side, why are you interested in this? You must be an alt-righter. And mm. on the other side, why are you denying that there's a decline in sperm count? You must be being paid by plastic yeah. manufacturers. Yes, Shana Swan said that in that debate article, the one in Fertility and Sterility. She says yeah. that the controversy is, you know, is partly a really, really scientific question, but is partly also, quote here, artifactual, manufactured by industries suspected of contributing to these declines, as happened, for example, with respect to lead and tobacco. So, I mean, I assume she's talking about the Tupperware industry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, big, big non-stick pan is out there. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah, pesticides, know, actually, Monsanto, you know. Really. Le- yeah, pesticides and lead and asbestos and stuff like that. It does, you know, these things, it has happened in the past that there have been chemicals in our environment like that have been put there by humans mm. and it was a big mistake because they caused loads of damage and it is possible like uh, we, we shouldn't we shouldn't rule it out um, no no it shouldn't rule it out and and it's not as if there's no plausible plausible bio, biochemical way in which these phthalates and right, disrupting um, hormones disrupt, yeah. and yeah 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 i think i think there is you know it, it is a realistic claim i just um I, I, there's not enough evidence to you know shown like, if you're asking is it real or not my answer has got to be shrug you know, really. Um, <laughs> something that um, Scott Alexander, who went halfway through was doing research for this, um, uh, it'll amaze you for the seventh art- uh, podcast in a row. I'm citing Scott Alexander, but I realized <laughs> halfway through. A, yeah. This is a Scott Alexander fan podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, almost literally, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that he... Um, he, point, he he did. I realized halfway through writing this that he'd done an article on this, and I could have just cribbed off most. He, he cited like yeah. half the. Studies I wrote an I article getting. in January 2023 in the Spectator that was a sort of short version of this, and then he wrote a much better article a few months later, which made very similar arguments to mine, but also expanded it well beyond what I had. So you're saying uh, he ripped you off, basically? So, yeah. so he, I don't think he, <laughs> he ripped me off. I think he. Um, I think he may or may not have seen article, but he wrote a much better thing anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he points out that you know a lot of this comes from the whole thing is based on these two original studies, Nelson nineteen seventy four and then Carlson nineteen ninety two, but they're they're so methodologically flawed as to be basically useless. Uh, so, um, so I'll just I'll quote Scott. Unless I'm misunderstanding this, it seems like to support sperm count decline, you'd have to claim that everyone who argued about it for the first 40, 40 years or so was working off of useless data. But by coincidence, they happen to be right anyway. And he points, you know, it, mm. it could be true, it could be true, but it's it's worthy of being suspicious. It's like if someone um, like held up a pair of field binoculars and stared at um, Proxima Centauri and said, "There's three exo- exoplanets circling it," you know, and then someone else using the Hubble Space Telescope or whatever looked at it and said oh yes there are in fact three right exoplanets circling is and the, the guy would go oh huh, you know the, i uh, i told you you well no you just you've got lucky you know you, you just, just happened to get yeah yeah, yeah exactly or, or more realistically in this in this analogy we don't actually the hubble space telescope hasn't actually looked yet and we don't know and so we're, and yet we're sort of arguing over whether it's real you know so yeah, totally it's it, and it's 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 the loch ness monster thing again isn't it like hmm people arguing about where the how the plesiosaur could have got into there i've made, i've said this before on the podcast well several times yeah, we both have yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. but we but we 
we don't actually know whether there is a plesiosaur in there in the first place like yeah that's that's the thing so um it's worth having it's worth having both discussions i think and worth trying to collect evidence but it's not worth doing more low quality studies and just building up a pile of just uninterpretable data yeah um we what we want to we want to actually get our act together and do high quality studies in, in this in this field yeah yeah it's one something that um the Fisher 2008 review. I mean, again, as you rightly point out, that was nine years before the 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 first of the two Levi et al. ones. So the big the big recent meta analyses. But he points out that the Carlson one from 1992, or he says he argues. I shouldn't say points out, which implies that he's right. But he says that if if Carlson <laughs> yes. had done the um, his meta analysis uh, that that meta analysis properly using proper statistical techniques controlling for confounders, he would have found an increase rather than de- a decrease in uh, sperm yeah. counts. You know, it's just so it kind of kind of shows you how fragile a lot of the, the yeah, research the numbers this, are, and and just whether or not like, the the whole it just exactly like Scott says, it's a bit. It makes me a bit nervous that the whole thing is based on what appear to be flukes. You know what I mean? And then <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. the later, then lo and behold, everyone else looking still seems to find it. But you know, it's all a bit shaky. Anyway, so I mean, my own position is, I mean, I'm all for. Um, reducing the use of pesticides where it's healthy, and and maybe, uh, but I'm not going to stop microwaving stuff in Tupperware. You know, like uh, I, 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 I can't see this driving humanity extinct, right? It doesn't. Yeah. Seem- I'm, I'm also not like panicking, freaking out about it uh, for the future of humanity uh, mm. and stuff. But if it is the case that 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 it is declining, then that is a sad fact, and it means that a lot more people will struggle, struggle to, to have, have kids. children. Yeah. Um, and even if you're not like concerned about the future of the human race like in terms of you know numbers and 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 so on uh that's a lot of personal sadness and we Mm. should do our best to and and, you know there is lots of research on uh um improving ivf techniques and all that sort of thing uh that's that's happening regardless of whether this is the case um but but certainly it would be good to know and it would be good to know if we have to uh if there's anything we should be changing about our environment like when we remove lead from petrol or yeah. when we stop using asbestos as a fire um yeah. uh, although um, lead was very lead. obviously that there's a good strong signal in there isn't there that that caused um yeah you know uh What's what's we're looking for? IQ deficits, brain um, learning. Oh, loads of stuff. Yeah, I mean, all yeah. sorts of yeah, brain development problems in children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm afraid this is another. We don't really know, but the headlines are wildly overstated. Conclusion, <laughs> uh, which yeah. we could just rub a stamp on almost everything we do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we hope you found something useful in it anyway. And obviously, we'll put all the references in the in the show notes. So um, thank you very much for listening. And again, I'll just say, um, if you're not a subscriber at thestudyshowpod.com please do uh, subscribe and uh, give us a comment, give us a like, all that sort of thing. Review um, on Apple Podcasts, tell your friends, the whole works. Yeah, tell your friends about it. Um, if they like science, uh, that's a that's a good uh, good thing. We've now, this is our 21st episode, I think, and, 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 there's, and there's a few paid ones in addition to that. So um, there's lots to listen to over the sort of Christmas period. Um, uh, if you're, you know, peeling potatoes or... You know, whatever it is you uh, do at Christmas, washing yeah. Brussels sprouts and stuff, and put yeah, a podcast yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so and uh, uh, we'll we'll talk to you uh, next week. Um, I don't even know what we're going to talk about next. No, week. No, neither do we'll, I. And uh, also, we will be we'll taking work. a break at some point over the Christmas uh, period to spend time yes. with our families. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. we'll, we'll, we'll work that out. Yeah. Um, and we'll let you know. We'll keep you posted. Yeah. Thanks All very right. much for listening. Later on, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.